everyone, welcome along to another episode of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. I'm Kev, your host as always, and if you saw our monthly podcast, you'll know that I've got alongside me uh, Lutonian journalist James Cunliffe and Trust Board member Helen Gatwood. Peeps, how are we? Good, thank you. Yeah, looking forward to proper football being back. Yeah, very much looking forward to Saturday. Excellent. Yes, as am I. And uh, the Saturday in question is this coming Saturday where Luton Town are away to Knott's Forest. Three o'clock kickoff, City Ground. If you haven't got a ticket, bad luck because it's already <laughs> sold out in the Luton end. And um, yeah, it should be a good one. 3,000 tickets sold. All good. And I mean, if you're a rugby fan as well, what an away day this is going to be on Saturday. You've got the football at three o'clock. You've got England in the rugby at eight o'clock. Sounds like a good day to me, Jimbo. Yeah, yeah, I'm well up for it. Um, yeah. who, who are we playing in the rugby? Is that a thing? Do we care? Do we care? Well, I mean, it was a semi-final, isn't it? Obviously, we're going to win it. And that's as much egg chasing as we're talking about today. And then back to the football. Fair enough. Hey, you looking forward to the game? I am, yes. Yeah, can't beat an away day to Nottingham. No, that is true. And actually, this is kind of familiar territory because it's only two years ago that we were in the same league as this lot. And my God, did they moan about not getting manager of the season that season. I'm sure they're still whinging about it, actually. Um, but a little bit like Fulham, we kind of know what to expect here. We've, you know, we've been there before. Pretty much all of this squad or not all of this squad, but a lot of the squad were involved in that game. Since then, they've signed roughly 426,925 players. <laughs> I might have miscounted one or two. Do forgive me if I have. But we, we, we're we in comfortable, familiar territory. Yeah, it's not quite as daunting as uh, going to one of the other Premier League clubs, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah. And obviously the fans know Nottingham very well as well from previous away days. So I think it's I think it's one that most Luton fans look forward to. When it comes to away days in Nottingham, you just can't not think back to that Notts County away day at the end of League Two season, <laughs> can you? It's just magical day. And if we can have one like that on Saturday, it'd be rather nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, if Luton can get promoted from the Premier League, uh, <laughs> then that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? That'd I mean, if someday. We, if we can get promoted from the Premier League anywhere, it'd be pretty amazing. Uh, no, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, it would be, you know, a result up there would be fantastic. Um I class them as one of the teams that are in this little league with Luton. Um, I don't think anyone seems to be pegging them for relegation candidates. And I've, I think they're probably right there. They're probably maybe towards the top of that little league. But nonetheless, they're a team that there's, there's points to be had. We usually pick out three players from the opposition. We had to go through a bloody lengthy squad list to pick out three players this time around. Uh, they seem to be the kind of the darlings of the pundits of the Premier League, don't they? Because they've done it the right way by spending God knows how much money and bringing in so many players that that's what you've got to do in this league. But the one that's of real kind of interest, really, Morgan Gibbs-White, he was ironically involved in Knott's Forest getting promoted, 
from the championship, but that's because he missed the penalty for Sheffield United in the playoff semi-final that got them to the final, etc., etc., etc. But uh, apparently he's on England's radar. He should be on England's radar because he's a damn good player and he needs to be on our radar and Marvellous needs to keep him quiet. Yeah, he's a dangerous player, um, no doubt about it. One of their top performers at the moment. Um, I, I don't think there's anything that we should be too scared of. I, I'm pretty relieved that Awanyi's not playing because he looks like he's fitted in really well and not as relieved as I am that you've pronounced his name and not me. There you go. I had a bit of practice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's, he's their top scorer, obviously, as well. And he looks like an absolute unit. So he'd cause a bit of bother, I think, uh, to anybody, not just Luton. I think he's looks like quite a, a good player. So the fact that he's out is, is good. Then I think that the goals have been shared around equally between a couple of the other players. And obviously Gibbs um, White is one of them. So um, he's a danger man for sure. Um, and it'd be interesting to see that little battle with uh, with Marv. Yeah, Morgan Gibbs White's one of the four hundred twenty-five thousand players they've got. <laughs> not three of them, like it sounds like uh, he might be. Yeah, he is. For me, he's the danger man. I, I like watching him. Actually, to be fair, uh, I've li- I liked watching him when he played at Sheffield United. And uh, yeah, he's only gone from strength to strength under Steve Cooper, who managed him at Swansea. I think he had him on loan uh, in the past as well, so he obviously knows how he works. Someone that Luton haven't come up against yet, but they could have done on a different day, uh, is Callum Hudson-Odoi. Very good signing. Probably didn't work out for him at Chelsea, but he's one of about 400 million players that (laughs) it hasn't worked out for at Chelsea. He um, went out on loan to Europe last year and now uh, Knott's Forest took him at the start of this summer. Um, There is quality in that boy. That's one of the signings of the summer, I think. How they managed to get him for five million pounds is something that needs to have a documentary about it. I imagine he's a yeah, he's a quality player. Not making it at Chelsea is no no big thing, really, is it? There's a lot of players that have gone there, and a lot of big players in him that have gone to Chelsea and um, completely fluffed up their entire career, really. So fair play on him for spotting that it wasn't going to happen there and going somewhere else. He is a really good player, um, you know. He someone that should also be in England's radar if he gets playing how he how he could do. Um uh so yeah he's a he's a threat and not scared of a shot as that last game Forrest played, um his first goal, I think. Was it first goal? I think yeah. it came yeah, before, yeah. wasn't it? But yeah, yeah, yeah against Brentford. Good uh, good finish that. Um so if you give him a bit of space well actually he made his own space for that, but you know, if you give him some impetus then he'll he'll definitely take a pop from somewhere. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, we could go all full, full Graham Jones here and um, pick out, I don't know, Nigel Clough, John McGovern, Archie Gemmell, <laughs> someone else of their European Cup winning era um, for a third player to look at. But we'll go with Chris Wood because he's probably going to replace the man up front. That certainly was the case at Crystal Palace. Uh, probably a journeyman striker, but he's not the one, he's not going to be that, that mobile striker like. Son Hyun Min was uh, um, for Tottenham or even like Calvert-Lewin was for Everton he's very much going to be in the box feeding off crosses so you kind of think that Tom Lockyer will relish that battle I think so um, I mean if you if you pay attention to the stats website so you read them he's pretty poor at everything but the aerial jewel uh, Chris Woods I hope he doesn't have a blinder by the way now I've said that uh, but um, yeah that seems to be he's good at and if they play to that 
particular strength, then you'd fancy Luton defenders to gobble that up all day long. Um, so let's hope they do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm quite, quite quite comfortable with that. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think the Nigerian fella, Awaniwi. Awaniwi. Yeah, him. <laughs> uh, I think he might be more of a threat than uh, the, what would be. would be. That's not necessarily to diminish any threat from Wood, but ultimately the, Tom's strengths are strikers that are going to match up to him and um he's not going to he's not going to be given showing him a clean pair of heels that's for sure and that's obviously something that is uh, a weakness for tom however much we love him but that's not going to happen in in that regard i mean that's not to say that hudson adoy or gibbs white couldn't possibly offer that threat but um in a one-on-one i think uh yeah lock would be quite happy to go up against wood yeah, if they are the three main threats, though, you're kind of comfortable with that because you'll have Marv on Gibbs White for the most part. You'll have Issa Kabore presumably down the right hand side, or Reese Burke on Hudson Adoy. That's if, a few plays. I mean, Kabore didn't start for the last game. No, that's it. So, I mean, obviously, we'll come on to the loot formations and everything else in a moment. But I'm comfortable that whoever's on that side will be sufficient enough, and I'm very confident or comfortable that Lockie will deal with Chris Wood. Um, they're not. Off to a flyer at home, Helen Knotts Forest. Uh, two draws and a win. The win against Sheffield United was in the last minute where the aforementioned Wood scored the winner after Hamer of Coventry um, found scored an absolute world if Sheffield United to equalise. Last season they were very strong at home. This season maybe not so strong at home and we go there having won our last away game. So uh, hopefully the boys will be confident and um, get another result out of this one. Yeah, hopefully. I think the win away at Everton would obviously have um, boosted the confidence, um, proved that they can do it. Although we lost against Spurs, again, I think it was a very good performance, very strong performance, especially the second half. Um, So there's no reason why we can't go away on Saturday and carry on as we are and, and hopefully take the three points. And even the away game before Everton, Fulham away, mm-hmm. we're probably the better team in that for the most part as well. So actually, away from home, it's not really, it's not, fit, we're not fearing anything away from home. No, definitely not. I was, I was at the Fulham game and at most, I think we should have taken a point. Um, again, points dropped. Um, but, but yeah, I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything to fear going away, especially to Forest. No, I don't think there is either. Uh, the one thing about Forest that I've seen, or that I think I've seen, is you can get at them defensively. Unfortunately, our friend Ethan uh, isn't between the sticks. That would be a mighty help, especially if we've got a penalty, because we knew we'd dive the wrong way. Um, <laughs> but in front of them, you know, you've got some um, some kind of aging defenders. But the, the one that I'm really looking forward to is uh, down our left-hand side, their right-hand side, Chio against Serge Aurier. I mean, Serge Aurier, to be fair to him, he's played for some bloody big clubs, PSG, Tottenham. I don't rate the fella at all. Uh, Chio could have a field day down there. He's so reckless defensively, Aurier, it's untrue. And I hope he plays. They've got the Argentina winning um, right back on loan from Sevilla, haven't they? Montiel, I think he's called. So I hope he don't play and I hope it's Aurier because Chio could have some right old fun in that. I'd fancy him against pretty much everyone, uh, except Carl Walker, probably. I mean, even that is a touch and it's a neck and neck battle, perhaps. It'd be interesting to see that when that comes along. But yeah, um, he, I, he's just such an old fashioned winger, really. And that doesn't really seem to be in the 
Premier League makeup at the, at the moment. It, even when you look at top performing wingers, Mo Salah, for instance, um, he it's more of a striker, isn't he? But he, he plays wide, but he's more of a front three striker. Um, I mean, he's much more than that. He's an absolutely stunning player. <laughs> I'm not doing the, the best of service there with that one. Just to point out that, but as a as an out and out winger. Um, who wants to just run past you and get to the byline. I, I think he's, at this moment in time, he's a really exciting prospect in this division. And um, I fancy him against anyone, really. But, yeah, I think if you come up against... Uh, 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 is he a World Cup winning? Um, the World Cup winner, the Argentina Valley, yeah. Yeah, um, you don't do that for nothing, do you? So it'd be an interesting battle. But even if, it, if, if it's him or, or Aurier, then um, you, I'd back Chia all the way on that one. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've just come up against a World Cup winning defender in Romero who actually bossed the game. So hopefully they leave their World Cup winner on the bench and play one of the other many millions of um, players they've got in uh, in Aurier. That would be that would be good. Helen, we spoke um, in our monthly preview uh, that we released earlier in the week uh, that Chio was one of your favourite players. Big pitch at the City Ground. You must be looking forward to watching him there. Yeah, I whether it's Kenilworth Road or an away game like I said before once he gets the ball and once he goes I just get so excited because it's like just watching him run not the ball pass run it's just great yeah he really is and um, yeah I think we're all looking forward to that battle down that side whether it is Aurier I hope it's Aurier or Montiel um, it'll, yeah it'll be great maybe who knows maybe we'll switch it to the other side because they're no great shakes on the other side either Toffolo, uh, I think it is on the other side, who um, was a pain in the ass for Huddersfield in that playoff season, wasn't he? He was the fellow who uh, tormented us down that side. And um, I think he's on some sort of charge for betting activity or something or other. So, Oh, yeah, well, I mean, he'd still play unless he's actually convicted, I suppose, wouldn't he? If that, I've not heard that myself, but... I think he is. Yeah. I think I'm right in that. I think um, he's got some sort of suspension hanging over him uh, Anyway, but that's that's by the by. That's the left hand side. What um, what about Aurier if he plays? Do you think particularly um, Chio could exploit? He just dives in every single time I've seen the bloke play. Whether it's PSG, whether it's Tottenham, Ivory Coast, whoever I've seen him play for, he just dives in when he's defending. Yeah, he's he's very quick, and you know he's a modern day fullback. He'd go for but defensively. I think we'll get right at him. And if we can get him in the book, well, happy days, because there'll be another mistake to come from him, that I'm sure. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they go down that side, actually, because there isn't a great deal of pace in the Forest defence, from what I've seen. Um, Scott McKenna, I mean, journeyman, really journeyman defender. Joe Worrell, same again, really. I think they've signed um, a overseas defender as well, who, who looked all right, but he got sent off... Um, in the game against Brentford, he'll be back for this one, obviously, because they played Palace since then. But they don't look great shapes to me defensively, Forrest. Although, to be fair, they haven't really been taken to the cleaners. But I think we can get at them. I really do. And um, it'll be interesting to see how we go, whether we go back four like we did against Tottenham or whether we're back to a back five. And just how do you foresee that one going? Do you, do you kind of see everyone shifting along one and Kabore coming in or... So we think we I mean we're recording this before Rob's press conference as we um as we always do. We're pretty sure Amari Bell still won't be fit. No. They haven't actually said the extent of his injury, but the fact he's off for scans would suggest it's quite bad. 
So would you do you see them all sliding across and Kabore playing right wing back? Or do you see us playing a back four again? Well, back four worked quite well against Spurs. I mean, it's a different um, set of challenges, I suppose. But that seemed to work well with the personnel that they've got at the moment. But I think that um, they could probably... They could probably play both, but change it up in game because I think Rob's talked about um, going to away grounds and being quite compact to start with, um, which is you know understandable and it will annoy home fans and get them fearing and then maybe switch it up. I think that they've shown that they can do that now. Um, so that is an option, uh, but I wouldn't be upset at all if they went, back four because uh, it to me that seems more attacking yeah it does yeah whether we do that in an away game like you say that would be the interesting one I mean you mentioned the Knott's Forest fans it always it always baffles me they start singing a Christmas song before the start of each half my love Kintyre I mean it's not Christmas lads you know well, what's it all about Maybe they can sing a song about you for calling them Knott's Forest all day. <laughs> let them let them do that. But if they can tell me why they sing a bloody Christmas song before the start of every half of football, that would be um yeah, that would that would be handy. Um Barkley or Townsend, do you see either of those coming into the side to start off with H? I think you're possibly too early for Townsend. Um Barkley I can see probably on the bench. Um, coming on towards the end of the game like he did against Spurs. Um, but yeah, I think it's maybe too early for Townsend to make it onto the bench at the moment. But Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he does uh, get onto the bench because obviously um, we're only going to get 10 or 15 minutes out of him these days anyway. But also it, it would just it's just that little bit of quality that they probably don't know that he's not going to play, do they? So if they see his name on the bench, they might think, crikey, OB don't come on for the last 10 or 15 minutes or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like you say, we've not, not spoken to Rob yet, but um, you would have fancied that he'd have played a behind-closed-doors game perhaps somewhere to get him more up to speed. He's not going to start. I'd be absolutely... My jaw would hit the floor if I see <laughs> his name on the team sheet to start. I don't think anyone should be expecting that. But, you know, as a as an impact player to come off the bench... Um, yeah, it would. It'd be interesting whereabouts he goes. I know we've got the flexibility with Geo that could move back slightly, like he did against Spurs, and then maybe he goes ahead of that. Um, but he could equally play in probably a front three, or maybe just sitting behind somewhere. There's a lot of options, I suppose. There, but um, yeah, as to where they're going to utilize him at the moment, we don't know. But that's kind of exciting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, Barkley, see him starting. No, um, not at the moment. I think he's going to have to work his way back into the team. It, you know, we, we're talking about the, coming off the back of a defeat against Spurs, but the team played really well. Um, I think, arguably, I mean, when they made the changes towards the end of Bartley came on, I thought they were probably less effective. Which, if you look at it in the, you know, in the cold light of day, that I think probably that doesn't merit him his, his start on the bench, but. Um, uh, it's going to be interesting one with him because obviously people might think that he should, but I don't think you sort of mess with the team dynamic too much at the moment because it it really it, they really play really they played really well against Spurs and um, that's something to be positive about. 
at least everyone will be comfortable if he does start the game now that he clapped uh, everyone after uh, the Spurs game. <laughs> I've got a video of that because he was the only one up there for a long time and he was sort of looking behind him going, is anyone going to join me? <laughs> and they were like, no, 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 you've been called out for it. You, you toddle off and, and do it yourself. Absolutely. Tahith Jong, he came off the bench against Spurs and looked really, really good. Can you see a place for him or are you expecting a similar side to the one that started against Spurs? I'd like to see him start because I think he's a very exciting player. Um, him and his hair. Mm-hmm. Um, the feeling will probably be on the bench. Um, but if he comes on like he did against Spurs and makes that kind of impact, then I'd be quite happy with, with that happening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I thought that was his best cameo, actually. and Best performance in a Luton shirt. Yeah, I thought so as well. And played really well. Yeah, in a way that I don't, I don't think Barkley really contributed much to that when he came on, but uh, Chong was uh, quite dynamic in that game. Yeah, he was. Uh, I guess the problem is if you're going to bring him in, who do you bring him in for? Chio, no. Morris, no. Jacob Brown? Or Pelly. But, I mean, obviously in this game, you're going to want Pelly against, you know, away from home against a team that are most likely going to see most of the ball and attack. So just where you play Chongy, and it's, unless you replace... Brown and that would be pretty harsh, wouldn't it? It's I mean, his performances of in his defensive work is fantastic as well. That's um, perhaps something that Chong has to work on a bit. He's going forward; he is exciting, but going the other way, um, I have no doubt that they'll be working on that with him. Um, absolutely, but um, I mean, the only thing you can say about Brown is that he's not hit the target yet when he probably should have a couple of times. But um, you know, he acknowledged that. When you spoke to him in the exclusive podcast he did last week, um, it, you know he, he he's comfortable that he's getting in the right positions, which is he is, and he's had having a few chances, but uh, he just just wants to head it down a bit more, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, and the one time he does get it on target, the smallest bloke on the bloody pitch mm. pops up from nowhere, heads it off the line. I mean, help us out, please. It's uh, yeah, it's a, it's it's an interesting one. So, how do you see? that? I mean. I referenced the two seasons ago, drew nil-nil there, Elijah missed a penalty in the last minute or so. Beat them 1-0 here when, my God, did they whinge and whinge and whinge. Alan Campbell scored their goal on what was actually a very good Friday that time. So they're both tight games, nil-nil, 1-0. Do you see this one being tight or are you expecting a few goals in this one, H? I think it'll be tight. Don't give us your score prediction yet. We'll (laughs) get that at the end, that's for sure. (laughs) Tight game, open game. What sort of game are we going to see, James? I've said a tight game for all of them, so let's just go for a goal fest. <laughs> I don't know for sure, but when teams come off of an international break, is it are they are they lower scoring or are they higher scoring because they've had two weeks to work on it? Has, have you got a subconscious thought on it? Uh, no, I haven't. I'm sure there's probably some stats out there. I, I mean, it's going to be the same for everyone, I suppose. I don't know how many internationals they've got, but I think they've got more than Luton. Um, just, well, I mean, they have got. 65 times more players than Luton. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it depends where they're coming from as well, I suppose. Um, you know, like Kabore's been up halfway around the world again, doesn't he, to play uh, international friendly. Um, so I don't know whether, where that leaves him, but um, yeah, I, you know, so I, I don't think with the size of the squads they've got, particularly Forest, surely they should be able to cope with that. 
Yeah, you you would think so. I mean, the last international break was before the Fulham away game, which we've just alluded to. We should have got something out of, and then obviously subsequent games we've got a draw and we've got a win. So we come out the last international break pretty good. So with a couple of weeks of extra training, although I think Rob did give the boys the first few days off, quite rightly so, because three games in a week isn't enough for anyone, you would kind of like to think that there's going to be that continued improvement again. Yeah, I think after a break, I think they'll probably all be ready and raring to to get back out there and try and t- to improve um, the obviously the results, um, get start getting the points, um, and obviously as we said, they've improved game on game. Um, so I think yeah, I think they'll be definitely ready to go out there, continue, and uh, hopefully get the win. Yeah, that, that would be that would be rather nice. Um, yeah, I'm comfortable that we'll improve again. I really do. I still think there's plenty of improvement in us, not just because of, like, that's not to say that we've played badly because we haven't, but because we've got so many players that are integrating in, it's just natural improvement to come from this side. The more training that they do together. Okay. I know Chio was away and I know Brown was away on international duty. Tom, Tom Lockyer and as you said, uh, Issa was away as well. But in the main, the Barclays, the Townsends, the Chongs, the kind, those kind of creative players they've had two weeks of training or the better part of hopefully we see um plenty from them that would be rather nice um we'll end the podcast as we always do with our score predictions h as you're the guest we'll start with you for this okay. one not forest v luton how does it finish 2-1 to luton 2-1 to luton jimbo how are we how are we going with uh, Forest v Luton? You've just said it's going to be a goal fest, so anything less than four, four three either way, <laughs> and I'm not going to be impressed. Stolen my thunder. That's <laughs> what I was going to go for. Four three. <laughs> I, I think they're going to go three nil up, and Luton comes storming back. It's like Wrexham <laughs> back in the day, isn't it? Just, you've got me reminded of that game. Uh, obviously, that was the other way around to what we hope would be the case. On Saturday, I, I think Luton are going to win this game, actually. Um, I'm quite comfortable with this. Yeah, they're a good side, but I don't think they're... Well, they're certainly not better than Tottenham, that's for sure. And we could quite easily have got a point out of them. I don't think they're a great deal better than Everton, really, on what I've seen. Certainly the numbers would suggest they're no better than Everton. Beat Everton 2-1, and um, with H, we win this one 2-1 as well. Um, I'm pretty comfortable with that one. Looking forward to a really great away game, though. Away day, sorry. Nottingham's an absolute brilliant city to uh, have an away day in. And as I say, if you're a rugby fan as well, stay around, watch a bit of rugby. Hopefully England um, make it through to the final and um, everyone's happy, obviously, after Luton win three points. Just remember, Nottingham fans, he's he's called you knots all day, so he'll be up there. Listen, if it's good enough for Notts County, it's good enough for Notts Forest, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, just put just put your um, just put your tears in the comments, will you? And, uh, just let us know how you feel about become, being called Notts. And when, if if and when the score predictions come true, James will reply to each and every single one of them <laughs> by making sure that you're well aware of where our review podcast is for that match. Which will be our next podcast. If my score prediction comes in, I'll be doing there. I might rerun the Luton Half Marathon. (laughs) (laughs) Have we got that? Have we got that on on audio? We've got that on camera, have we? We'll keep hold of that. Um, 
if your score prediction comes in, I'm not even sure that even my ticket could take that, to be fair. <laughs> so, especially if it comes in the way that you said it is, I'll be off down the pub at 3-0. Um, if my score prediction ever comes in, I'm making a bloody big deal about it on this podcast. It might be the only thing we get to talk about. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I got one right. Well, let's hope you get this one right. 4-3 Luton be very, very good indeed. But any Luton win will do. That's it for this episode of the podcast. Thanks for watching or listening, however it is that you've consumed this podcast. Thanks to James. Thanks to Helen. Been great having you on for a second time. Well done. Really uh, appreciate you coming on and can't wait to have you back on again in the future. H. Thank you to the Hightown Club for hosting this podcast. Once again, if you have heard a bit of background noise, they do have entertainment on at the times that we record this podcast. Uh, We do our best to dampen it out, but we're really grateful for them hosting us and... um, just apologize for that once again thank you to sean grant and the wolfgang for our intro music thanks to ed smith creative for all of the designs that you see on our set and on our podcast um premiums you've been listening to the longest running luton town podcast the only one that's gone from league two to the premier league and the number one luton town podcast uh according to a ranking that was sent to us last week um until next time Come on, you atters. You know what I love about this town is actually you. Everyone in it has got this massive soul.